Amen. All right, well, good to see everybody this morning. Welcome new people and visitors. Uh, we're going through a series on patience, and Paul started last week talking about gentleness. So every week we're going to go through one of these one of these fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, a few years ago, I was up in northern Wisconsin with a, a friend of mine who was actually a retired professor, and we were going to go on a fishing trip. So he got the boat in the trailer and just you know spent some time to get everything prepared. And we started going, and uh, then all of a sudden we had a flat tire. And we're in northern Wisconsin, which is in the boonies, and there's nothing around. Yes, more bears than people. And our day is, you know, partially shot. And how does he respond? Well, I, I would have expected some anger. I would have expected some frustration and some complaining because, in all honesty, that's what I grew up with. Like, that was normal for me. But this guy responded in 100% self-control and peace and objectivity. And he looked at the problem. He did what needed to be done to resolve the problem. And it may have taken a, a few hours. I can't remember exactly how long it was, but to, you know, coordinate this and that, it t took a while to, to fix everything. And we ended up going fishing. But it was such a striking experience to me because I had never experienced such a degree of, of patience manifest before in the midst of a, you know, again, it wasn't a big crisis, but um, a, a pretty severe inconvenience. And, and it really stuck with me for a while. And it actually made me rethink a lot of things in my own life. So um, how many people are here would say they're good at patience? Is that a, is that a easy one for you? No, maybe. Yes, no. Um, most of us probably know what patience is. I'm going to throw out some definitions. The bearing of provocation, in other words, somebody's trying to get under your skin. Um, annoyance, misfortune, pain, without complaint, loss of temper, irritation. Inability or willingness to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. So there's a time factor in patience. Quiet, steady perseverance, even tempered care, diligence. And that really sounds biblical. So I, I looked through patience throughout the Bible. And I, you know, we're, we're hitting from Galatians when it talks about these different character qualities, these fruits of the Spirit. But patience is woven throughout the Bible. And in fact, the main character who exhibits the greatest patience in the Bible is who? Jesus, I would say, yes. God, yes. Um, huh? I'd say as, as far as a human agent who's not divine, Job, yes. As far as a person who's both human and divine, Jesus, the person who is the eternal spirit, God, he is, he is the most patient. Um, and you see it throughout the entire Old Testament. You see it in the New Testament. The word that some translators use instead of patience is actually long-suffering. And I think that's a, 
That's it sounds bad, right? It sounds worse, but it's more accurate to the experience. Because when you think about it, the need to be patient only happens in circumstances where there's suffering. Isn't that true? And the use of the word long suggests a period of time, right? Long suffering. So God being holy, Bible says he is holy, right? The angels sing holy, holy, holy constantly in his presence. Holy, holy, holy. He's, he's perfect. He's sinless. He is love. He is righteous, right? He's perfect in all things. In order for a perfect, holy, infinite being to relate to fallen creatures, he must have patience. It is essential for God to have patience with us and with those who haven't said yes to Jesus yet. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And when we visit the Old Testament, we look at the history of the Jews being called out, God covenants with them. We see time and time again rebellion, right? Every generation basically turns away from God. They turn away from the blessings. They turn away from this beautiful relationship. And they, they start to worship other gods and they, they do a lot of bad things. And God continues to send them prophets. And the point of that was to restore relationship. To restore Israel with God. Right? And there is a lot of affliction. In, in Isaiah, it says, in all of their afflictions, there being the, the Jews, the nation of Israel, he was afflicted. So God, in his love, allowed himself to be hurt because his chosen people, his covenant people, continued to abandon him, and that literally caused God pain. Right? So an infinite holy being is emotional. God is emotional. He has emotions like we do, but he stewards them perfectly. And he's able to experience pain. And he is patient in the midst of it. You know, for, for some of us, a minute, ten minutes, an hour, a day, a week, you know, being patient in a hard circumstances, that, that's good for us. But for God, it's literally decades or it's literally centuries. I mean, that's how patient God is. That's how forbearing God is. That's how long-suffering God is. So my appreciation of God after doing the study has increased because to be patient and, to, and the heart behind patience, that says something about the character of the person who, who chooses to endure in love. Exodus 34, 6 says, And the Lord passed by before him, him being Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Again and again they tempted God and pained the Holy One of Israel. And this is from the New Testament. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. So we see the heart and posture of God. Holy, holy, holy God, 
in relationship to fallen sinners is so patient and so desirous of people to repent and so desirous of restoration. He's able to endure their rebellion. He's able to endure their sin. He doesn't like it. It pains him. But in love, he chooses to refrain from anger. And that makes sense because 1 Corinthians 13, probably some of us has memorized the, the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Right? These are attributes of love. These are actions of love. Love is being patient to other people. And God himself is defined as love. Right? We see that in 1 John. So when we choose to be patient, we're actually being like God. We're choosing to imitate our Heavenly Father in responding with hard situations and patience. I'm not there yet. You might not be there yet. And what I mean by there is I'm not, I'm not in a s state of pure sanctification or pure holiness. I'm justified, right? We're justified. We, we've responded to God's offer of salvation by faith in his Son, and uh, so we're declared, leg declared legally righteous. But my behavior doesn't always reflect my standing before God. And I, I live with Robin Savage. Am I always perfect? Am I always perfect? No. I'm close, but I'm not quite there yet. Okay. But he hasn't called the cops yet, so I'm not doing too bad. Right? Yeah, I know, I know. I live with Andrew Johansson, too, if you just saw him give the announcement. So um, we're in a process, and God understands we're in a process. In fact, he doesn't expect me to be like Jesus right now. It's impossible for me to be fully like Jesus. And as long as I'm in this flesh, as long as I'm struggling with my sin nature, because we have a sin nature still. I'm a new creature, but I still struggle with the flesh. And Paul wrote entire chapters in the New Testament to... to um, explain this fight, right? My flesh craves something. Um, sometimes it manifests in our attitudes where it's hard for us to be patient. Maybe we're not nice to people sometimes because we don't get our way or we're scared or we're, we're, we're fearful of something. When we fall short, when we sin, God responds in tenderness. God responds to us in patience. He disciplines us because he loves us, but it's not harsh. It's not cruel. It's not mean. In fact, it says it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So he's not intimidating. He's not scary when I fall short, when I sin, or when you sin. He does that because he's patient, right? That's the character and heart of God. And that frees me up. When other people fall short, maybe they have authority, over other people, it could be my, you know, I don't have kids, but it could be your kids. It could be maybe people that I live with or um, whatever the situation may be that when they fall short, that we can be patient and we can respond in kindness and tenderness and not in, in fear or intimidation or shame or anything like that. Okay, so that's God's heart for us. That's God's heart for the world, for the lost. Now let's look at our end. You know, there's so many situations in Scripture and uh, so many illustrations we could look at. And 
um, the Psalms, so many songs are written about, literally about patience, about waiting upon God and that the, the challenge of this. And the Bible talks about all these promises. All the promises of God and Christ are yes and amen. Luke 18, 1, Jesus says a parable specifically to teach us to be patient and not to give up and to continue praying in the midst of suffering, in the midst of unanswered prayer, in the midst of struggle, needs that aren't met. Okay, and, and the, the, the parable basically goes like this. There's a, a judge, there's a widow. This judge doesn't care about justice for the widow, but the widow does, and she's persistent, and she's perseverant, and she finally gets justice. So Jesus uses that as an illustration to say, don't give up. So I, I want to say, when we're patient, it doesn't mean we're passive. It doesn't mean that we don't do some sort of constructive response. No, my patience in relationship to God means that I seek his face. It means that I pray. It means that I petition. And maybe I do constructive things in my life and my circumstances to see things move in the direction that I'm hoping them to go. So much of the Christian life can be defined as hope. We have a future hope, right? We have a future hope. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, chose to live a life that was hard. It was a sacrificial life and he was actually like everything that drove what he did was the future. It's this reality that Jesus is coming back. This world is but a blink of an eye. And his response was the, the sufferings of this world, the sufferings that I endured are, are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. So he had a hope that was anchored in the future the promises of God, the consummation, the return of Christ, the, the glorified body, 1 Corinthians 13, right? In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, right? The trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised and we shall be changed. This incorruptible, no, the corruptible body must put on incorruption. We're going to have glorified bodies. Glory, we're going to radiate glory, right? We're going to be more and more like Jesus at the restoration of all things. And this was so tangible and so real to Paul that he was able to be patient in the midst of suffering. He was in jail a lot. He was shipwrecked. He had a thorn in the flesh. He had a lot of things that he had to be patient in the midst of. And God gave him that grace. Because remember that, that patience isn't something that I muster up. Patience is something I yield to because it, it's, it comes to yielding to the Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons said Father Abraham. But Father Abraham was promised to be a father. Well, how long did that take to come to pass? He wasn't young. He wasn't young and spry. All of us here are younger than Father Abraham. 
before he was a father. That's a big deal. It took him 15 years when that promise was released and to the fulfillment of that promise. And you think there was a lot of struggle? You think he had to wrestle in his faith? And 10 years before that, God called him out from his homeland and made a promise to him. He's going to inherit this property and he's, he's going to be a, a father to multitudes and a blessing. And he literally altered his life, his entire life, where he lived, what he was going to do based on God coming into his life, God making this promise. So, so his, entire, his entire life decisions were based on faith and what God told him to do. Now, faith isn't easy. It really isn't. And I don't think it's meant to be. And you realize that when we are in situations where we have the opportunity to be patient, those are opportunities to be sanctified. And I don't think we can have strong patience without strong faith. That We believe God is who he said he is. We believe God's word doesn't return to him void. And this enables us to be patient, right? So we have faith. We respond in the hope of the promises of God in faith, and it enables us to be patient. And as we continue to endure suffering in the midst of, in the midst of all this, we become more like Jesus. Our character is being transformed. I want to tell you that God is a lot more concerned about our Christ-likeness than our comfort. He's a lot more concerned about our character and our maturity than our temporary pleasure in this world. He wants us to have joy, but I'm telling you, God's priorities are a lot different than American priorities. Right? America says pleasure now. Maximize your pleasure. This is the greatest thing you can get in life. God says no. The more you know me and the more you become like me, the greater joy you're going to have. That's the alternative to consumerism. It's Christ-likeness. And it's, it's saying no to self and saying yes to Jesus. Romans 12, 12 says, Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer so I rejoice I mean, we, we rejoice in God as the worship team sang this morning uh, we sang about attributes of God we, we sang about the, the good things he releases into people's lives and oftentimes we sing about the future right we literally sing the promises of God we, we sing about the hope of, of Christianity so the more we rejoice in hope the less we're overcome by negative circumstances, right? Some of us here have health problems. Naomi gets seizures. I have various health problems. Nate has them. I'm sure there are other people that do too. Well, you know, if I focus on that stuff, it's going to be harder for me to be patient. But if I bring it to Jesus, and if I, if I rejoice in the things that are eternal, you know what? My health problems are not eternal. My suffering is not eternal. Evil is not eternal. Suffering is not eternal. It's temporary. It's a blip on the screen of time, of reality. Okay, if I focus on the beautiful eternal things, 
my sufferings are going to lose some of their power, right? Because a lot of suffering has to do with my mind, what I choose to focus on. That song goes, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of his glory and grace. So my response to hardship is more important than the hardship itself. The way I respond to circumstances, I'm not a victim, is more important than the circumstances themselves. Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Right? I'm not going to need patience when I'm with Jesus. I'm not going to struggle with sin when I'm with Jesus. I'm not going to be sinned against when I'm with Jesus. And I'm happy about that. How do we grow in patience? Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. This is Psalm 37, 7 through 9. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way over the man who carries out evil devices. Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It, it tends only to evil. So when I, when I choose the alternative to patience, it, it looks like I'm sowing evil into my life and through my life. And uh, there's a lot of dualism in the Bible. You either choose this or this. And Jesus says either you're, you're for me or you're against me. A lot of anger in our lives is a indication that we have discarded patience. We've discarded the attitude of patience. So I really want to be mindful of my own emotions. I want to steward my heart. I want to ask God for grace. I don't want to be given into uncontrollable anger, outbursts of anger. Uh, Galatians 5.22, 5.23, there's a contrast between the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. Outbursts of anger is a fruit of the flesh. It is opposed to the fruit of the Spirit. It is opposed to the character of God. God doesn't have outbursts of anger. He doesn't have temper tantrums. He doesn't whine and complain. So we want to be like God in our response. They, uh, Isaiah 40, 31, They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And that waiting allows us, doesn't it, Nate? Is that you You said when we just start to focus on God? One of the reasons why we experience God so much in worship is because we're not looking at lesser things. Okay? It seems that the Bible teaches us if we wait on God, if we are postured towards God, it's like looking at the sun. You look at the sun and you see its brilliance and its brightness, right? If you're in a house with no windows or the windows are shut, you're not being affected by the sun. You're not receiving the vitamin D. You're not receiving the photons. You're not receiving the things that are going to literally nurture your body and, and transform your attitude because it's scientifically proven the sun does this stuff. And the, the some, of the some of the seasonal depression we get in these uh, northern climates is due to lack of sunlight, sun exposure. So you take that concept in with God. If I wait on God, I'm going to be innerly renewed, I'm going to become strong. And I'm going to be fortified to have patience. 
Okay, Galatians 6, 9 talks about not giving up. So if I'm patient, I endure. I have, I have a character of endurance. I'm stubborn in a good way. I'm going to hold on to the promises. Anybody here is holding on to some promises you believe God's given you in this world? I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people, and sometimes it's hard and we wrestle. Like Jacob wrestled with the angel all night. Right? He struggled with God. Sometimes we're those who struggle with God, and it's painful, and it's hard. And, and David has many psalms that talk about the struggle of faith and the struggle of holding on to these promises, and there's, there's anger, and, Lord, why isn't it happening? Why all this injustice? And some of us are in that place, and that's okay, and that's part of living in a fallen world. Our faith will be tested. So we are people of the marathon. Right? We're long-distance runners. We're not sprinters. The Christian race is a marathon. And I can't just do these, these emotional high spurts and try and live from emotional high to emotional high. I need to be rooted and grounded in God's love and choose a lifestyle that's really focusing on the Son who's risen from the dead. So now we deal with patience with others. And if, if you've ever been married or are married or have roommates or kids, you're going to find out how much patience you have. Because we all have different ways of living and communicating and personalities and senses of humor. And some people are just downright naughty. You know, I mean, it's just to say they are. And that, that those are things that we have to deal with. Anger, anger often reveals a lack of patience. Being short or irritable with people is impatience in action, right? And I want to look at my time here because I uh, want to be quick here. No, I don't want to test your patience. Jesus never loses his cool with his disciples, ever, ever. And that's a big deal. We look at the life of Jesus, and that's our pattern because he's fully man. He was never reactionary. He's always responsive. So Jesus, he processes, and he responds in wisdom, and he exercises self-control as the teacher, as the big brother, as the friend, as a faithful high priest. You see the immense grace. Uh, he says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. So if I'm in a conflict with somebody, or I'm frustrated at their lack of understanding of something, maybe they're not at a place where they can bear what I want to share or my level of understanding. And maybe that's okay. And maybe I need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and wait for the opportune time. Because I'm not the Holy Spirit in my spouse's life or my friend's life or my kid's life even, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I shouldn't take on that role. From glory to glory, he changes me. From glory to glory, God changes me. And you, I don't change people from glory to glory. I don't have the capacity to do that. But I, I can be a co-labor with Jesus and come alongside what God's doing in somebody else's life. And some people say the mark of Christian maturity is how well can I deal with somebody who's not mature, Right? In some areas, I think I'm mature, and in other areas, you know what? I'm probably not as mature, and I think that is the case with all of us. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses, and that's okay. 
and I have no right to judge somebody based on their weaknesses, right? So I, I need to be patient with people. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, for anger lodges in the bosom of fools. Ephesians 4.2 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, and that's for the church. So Paul knows Christians are full of broken people who sometimes do things that are just plain bad. And we need to forbear one another in love, right? I might hurt somebody. I've, I have to apologize, and you might too. Our personalities might just not be compatible or whatever the case may be, so we need to respond in patience. James 1.19 says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. God's slow to anger. I want to be slow to anger. I really want to gain an understanding. I don't want to be just fast and just think I know it all somebody else's life but I want to listen I want to understand where they're coming from patient people aren't controlling they don't force truth on others they don't force their opinions or standards on others do you know that I work with cessationists I work with people who believe that the gifts of God aren't for today I work with people who have some very strong differing perspectives that are that are like Totally different. And I could respond in offense or I could be argumentative or I could show them how right I am and how wrong they are and how, how true my interpretation of the Bible is. What kind of fruit would that bear? Well, maybe pride. Maybe it would expose some pride in my own heart. Well, maybe I just need to meet them where we can meet in Jesus and celebrate the goodness of God and avoid foolish and stupid arguments. So, Lord, we just come to you and we thank you for the gift of patience. And we acknowledge that life is hard. There's a lot of challenging things in life. It could be financial, relational, physical, emotional, Lord. And there are time lapses that are, that are long, sometimes very long. Sometimes almost I can't endure this long where we suffer where we, we choose long-suffering and we choose to say yes to your way of living, God, where we don't want to compromise in our attitudes or our behavior, but we want to be godly. And we want to continue to respond in faith, declaring that you're going to meet our needs and that we shouldn't give up, as Jesus says in Luke 18, 1. So that we ask for your Holy Spirit to just increase in our lives, especially for the, the fruit of patience, the fruit of patience. God, give us the grace to be patient with those who have different perspectives and different personalities and different priorities and with those who get under our skin. Lord, help us to be patient with those who are just rude and do things differently. And let us truly be so rooted and grounded in your love, God, that we're able to respond in your heart and your character. Lord, fill us with love. Fill us with peace and joy in the midst of suffering. In Jesus' name, amen.